Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about judging your kids for what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. Hi there. Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books. I'm here with my friend EJ. And I'm here with my friend Matt. Hi, EJ. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing great. And this one's about friendship. This one's actually. about our, hey, let's hold hands this whole recording. <laughs> Everyone can just picture EJ and I like we're holding hands the whole time. Uh, which is funny. Funny note to start on holding hands. This is a book, Uh-oh. The Insignificant <laughs> Events in the Life of a Cactus. And this is a young adult book. It's on the on the lighter side. I call this like a... Mm-hmm. Like an 8 to 12 range, maybe, oh, yeah, or something absolutely. like that. Uh, but it is about a girl named Avon, who mm-hmm. doesn't have arms, no arms, was born without them, has never had arms. That's just her thing. And she's really into it. She thinks it's hilarious. She spends a big portion of the beginning of the book telling jokes and making her friends laugh at all the different stories she makes up about what happened to your arms. And she's like, they were eaten by dragons and stuff and crazy funny things. <laughs> and she's got a whole wit to her and she is the narrator of the story. The whole thing is from her funny perspective and she is great. She's so great. She's great. She has great support system, great friends. Uh, <laughs> everything's great in her life. Uh, and then she has to move. Boo. Move oh, to Arizona. No. Move to Arizona? Oh, where it's hot. Where it's hot. And I don't know, man. <laughs> maybe you need arms in Arizona. There's no way of telling. It's harder to this know. They, really her no family moves to a funny little, uh, into like a park? Into like yeah, a like rodeo, old timey country town. It, it's Silver Dollar City. It's Silver thing. Dollar City. It is. Folks. This thing is very much a a park that <laughs> yeah, folks live in. It's like a live in park, like for the merchants. You know what it's more it. like? It's the park from Nope. <laughs> Okay, yeah, okay, all right. If you want to go there, with it, it's, it is like exactly the park from Nope. Um, there you go. So, yeah, this is a story about um, people with disabilities. This is a, uh, she befriends, her best friend mm-hmm. becomes this kid with Tourette's, and she goes to regular, yeah. like, Tourette's sort of meetings uh, mm-hmm. with her friend Connor. She meets a friend, Zion, who... Yep, Zion. Uh, Zion is... I I love Zion for what Zion does to this story because it's like, oh, yeah. this is about... Uh, I, I keep even hesitating to say disabilities because I know that's even a fraud. That, that comes up in the book that it's like sort of a... It's a tricky term where it's like, well... I do have disabilities, but that doesn't define me. You know, th- this there are themes attributes. that run through this. Attributes. Anyways, they meet a friend who Zion's just nervous about his weight. Ner- Zion yeah. doesn't doesn't like, you know, his size. And he makes great friends with these two other kids who all three of them just feel like outsiders. They The reason they become friends together is none of them eat lunch in the cafeteria. That's the whole <laughs> theme is they meet each other because one of them's going to the bathroom to eat her lunch. One of them right. sits in the hallway and eats his lunch. One of them hangs out in the library and eats his lunch. And they all find each other out there in the middle of the school and become friends because none of them want to be seen by other people. It's about seeing people the way that they wish to be seen. It's yeah. about seeing people that you realize that you're not being seen. And so uh, Avon does a good job of seeing these two mm-hmm. young boys and and befriending them because she runs into them. Yeah, what I love about this book, though, is it doesn't make any of it sound easy. It doesn't make any of it no. come off as easy. Uh, Avon spends a lot of the beginning of the book being like annoyed 
that people look at her too much but then also mm -hmm. annoyed that people like intentionally look away from her or people that right. intentionally come up to her and talk to her like normal as if she does it like she makes a specific mention of the people that oh no i totally don't notice that you don't have, have arms at all how cool am i that like i don't even pick up on that and it's like <laughs> she knows everything because it's awakening it's just a non-stop part of her life and you can't right. really escape it there's not an answer to this there's not just like oh if you just acted this way everything would be cool because then the first time she meets connor he's he barks like a dog he, he does like a little bark yeah. that's his main tourette's thing and mm -hmm. he's kind of he she thinks he's barking at her and so she's used to kind of being singled out she thinks he's making fun of her in some strange way he Somehow, doesn't know what it yeah. would be but he she goes up to him and is like why are you barking and he's immediately like mortified and it's like it's just my Tourette's I'm so sorry <laughs> and she's like oh my gosh I just did to you the exact thing exact that I'm thing. always afraid yep. of people doing to me and they get to bond over that but it's like that yeah. th that moment is the thing that they're all afraid of and I think the lesson that I was so excited to take away from this is mm -hmm. because I think I looked, I came into it like looking for answers. Like how does, you know, how would a, how would it feel to be in that, in that headspace all the time? And it is, mm -hmm. it's conflicting. It's as conflicting as any other part <laughs> of all humans waking life, right? Like we are all full of right. hypocrisies. We are all full of inability to deal with things given the time of day. Sometimes we're just having a bad day and it's harder to deal with the things we're not good at or whatever. Yeah. And I just felt like this book so perfectly encapsulated that feeling of like, listen, it's okay. And I, I, I isolated all to one moment, which is right before she met Connor. I think before she met Connor, regardless, there's like a group of girls who comes up to her oh, and yeah, they're like, right. what's wrong with you? What happened to your arms? And she sort of explains it. And then they walk away. They say, nice to meet you and walk away. And she goes, you didn't even meet me. You, didn't, you don't right. even know my name. You, you didn't do anything. You didn't meet me at all. And that's the only point. Like this book is so beautifully about just, hey, you don't have to coddle people. You can no. just treat them like people. You don't have to shy away from people. Like literally everybody's just another person on this earth with you. And all of these people, and then it, it ties into the title. We are all just insignificant events in the two to 300 year old life of a cactus. No yeah. need to overthink stuff. Yeah. I, I really like that approach. Now you know that I have a unique uh, experience with this. And my daughter is, uh, has an ailment that mm -hmm. requires her to wear, to be a little cyborg. Yeah. Uh, she's a type <laughs> one. She's a type one diabetic. Yeah. Um, and so that's something we've had to deal with over right. the past year. It's all, we're coming up, but at this time of this recording, we're coming up on one year wow. of finding that out. Um, it feels like and, a lot longer. I'll say yeah, that much. It, At least for me. I mean, I don't like, spend every day with it. I don't know how you feel. Oh, EJ, buddy, but. It feels, <laughs> hey, it feels like 10 years. Yeah, I bet. Right? <laughs> it feels like it's been a long time. No, it's, uh, and you know, it's a, definitely a challenge, right? You, you learn something new. Uh, you have to adapt to the challenges. Uh, but one of the things that they provide you with, there's just ways uh, for other children to bring it up and for uh -huh. her to bring it up uh, amongst other children. So I really thought this book did a great job of nailing the type of confidence that um, you know, even Nora has it already. My mm -hmm. daughter has, has this sort of confidence about yeah. it. Like, yeah, I've got this thing. What it's not me, you right. know, like, right. It's just a part of me. Right. It's one of those things so I do each day. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I, yeah, I just, I need it to survive. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like it's just one of those. So yeah. Uh, you know, but she, she, she wears a couple of different things, one to monitor her blood sugar and the other to give her insulin. Mm -hmm. And those are the, you know, those 
two things she needs to survive. And both of those are literally stapled to her body. Right. right? Like, so, so it can be weird for kids to be like, Oh, you've got, yeah, <laughs> you've got a robot on your arm, <laughs> you know? So, so it's very, uh, you know, they, they provide you books and materials and, you know, Nora had to adjust to it obviously, but, uh, she does a great job talking about it. Um, and I think that this book does a great job of capturing that conversation, you know, yeah. the conversation she's probably going to have in her head, uh, sometimes lot, whenever, right. whenever these situations come up and, and sometimes, you know, and how to handle that. So just giving her the confidence to handle those conversations and just be like, that's yeah. not who you are. Um, you know, you're, you're Nora, but you also have this debilitating sure. ailment. <laughs> yeah. Some other things I loved about the book is how much even that took sort of a backseat. I mean, it's, many chapters are about oh, absolutely. how she's dealing with things without having arms or how Connor's dealing with things. having trust. But also every chapter is just sort of like a moment in their life, just like a, an, an mm-hmm. event. Uh, EJ, before we were recording, you compared it to Timmy Failure, where Timmy Failure chapters are just like, that- I don't know, and then this happened and then we moved on with our life and that's and then it was yeah. over. And it's like so many of these chapters are just little, little blinks. I think the whole book takes the place over like maybe even a full year or something like it. You skip around a lot. I, I noticed yeah. all of a sudden towards the end, it was like Christmas and now it's February and it's almost May and we're into <laughs> spring. It's like, whoa, I did, we're, we're just sort yeah. of cruising. Very very snapshotty, very much like a play, yeah. very Timmy failure. But this is way more cohesive than Timmy, Timmy oh, failure. For sure. Timmy failure is very much like a comic strip, right? Yeah, it's yeah. very much like uh, non sequiturs, things like that. Right. This book is a lot more cohesive. Obviously, we are going from scene to scene and yeah. we are going chronologically in a timeline. Um, but yeah, I thought there were actually, Matt, I gotta be honest with you. There were times in this book. I completely forgot. She didn't have arms. <laughs> I just, I just, yeah. it just cause they're just like, kids well, hanging out on a, on a right. ranch, like looking for clues. They're trying to solve a mystery throughout this book. That's a very, it's mm-hmm. funny because you, you could almost think this is going to be like a mystery book, but it really isn't yeah. about that at all. It just comes up every once in a while. They're like, oh yeah, you want to, y- y'all want to try to solve that mystery some more? <laughs> oh sure. We could do that for a little bit, I guess. Why not? Yeah, very, very much like middle schoolers, very yeah, much like true. Timmy failure, where it's yeah. just like, yeah, another thing happened today, right? Oh, right. oh, I remember that thing I did last time, right? right? Yeah, that's 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 just typical middle school stuff. I love it. it's so wholesome at the beginning. It is a very. I wholesome love book. how wholesome it is. Uh, I wanted to talk about too the just very very millennial parents in this thing. <laughs> oh man, oh man, oh jeez. The, t- the best is Zion's parents. Who yeah. Zion? If you if that name like rings a weird bell to you, uh-huh. Zion is literally named after the character from the Matrix <laughs> because Zion's parents are big old freaky nerds. And she says they- <laughs> she says to him, she says like Zion from the Bible, and he goes, no, like Zion from the Matrix. <laughs> great line yeah very good that's awesome uh, and and his pan- parents are super nerdy and at some point too uh they bring that bring up something else that zion's parents are doing and avon's dad is like i gotta meet these people these are my people yeah it was, it was whenever <laughs> it was whenever they're on vacation to new zealand to go yeah. see the lord of the rings yeah yeah like where it was filmed like <laughs> That is like, yep, that sounds like something Man. any 25 to 45 year old would do. Yeah. <laughs> this book is so well written. It feels like EJ and I are just sharing like stories we heard from a friend. That's how this book ends up feeling to me. Yeah. I do think there's at times it is a little, um, it's a little talk downy. It, it's an adult writing a little bit. as a middle schooler. You get that feeling, but it mm-hmm. bothers me less in this instance than it did in, say, Percy Jackson, because there's nothing fantastical going on. There's just 
she's just a goofy kid who like blogs about her life and and I don't know it 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 kind of feels like that movie by Bo Burnham eighth grade yeah where it's it's the talking in the, the maturity match. level is lower but it right. it is just the, these kids being kind of authentically themselves well what I was gonna say was that the maturity level is much higher than maybe a kid of that age should be right mm-hmm. I I don't know I I get that a little bit from this book a little bit of a little bit of they're really solving their emotional problems right. maybe a little too quickly like well, i don't know and, and i don't know how emotionally intelligent they really are but sure. to have three kids kind of yeah. get it well pretty quick but and it's mostly avon right we're hearing everything from avon's yeah, perspective avon, and and like i mean connor struggles with all kinds of stuff and is is true just you know has all sorts of social issues and and you know generally doesn't figure stuff out That's and true. i think avon is usually putting up a front like avon's whole thing is I'll make jokes and talk first before anybody else can kind of get ahead of me or whatever. So it, to me, it almost fits that she's putting on the performance of a precocious middle school kid because she kind of is, she tries so hard to force you into thinking she's just a normal kid. Right. That like, it comes off that way. Right. Yeah. And Avon's really relatable and really approachable in a lot of different ways. And Avon's just a really good kind of role model character. Yeah for kids this age right i remember going to the school and and trying out for the soccer team or sorry bringing my stuff to try out for the soccer team there's a whole arc Uh uh, about this (laughs) yeah um and just hearing like avon have the confidence uh in herself like you know her dad like packs the gear up and yeah he's like okay well go try out if you want you know and her not really knowing i had Mm -hmm. this exact same experience in high school yeah uh I just didn't have the confidence. I didn't think that I would actually make the team. Yeah. And f- the fear of not doing well enough was enough for me to not even try out. And yeah. I just wish that I had had the sort of confidence that Avon has in this book to and eventually decide to go try out yeah. and then eventually make the team. Right. right? So just I think there's a lot of things. good lessons that Avon can, can bring to any young right. reader. Well, and I love... I mean, having the friend be someone with Tourette's is such a perfect example because Connor is the one who struggles with this even more. Connor refuses throughout the book to really allow himself to do anything because I essentially what you learn more and more about all these characters is none of them are afraid that they can't do something. It's not access. They will say that. They'll say, I don't think I can do that. Avon generally. Right. Avon thinks she can definitely do anything, except that's not always right. true. There's a whole storyline with her playing the guitar and whether or not she's going to play the guitar in front of people. And she kind of is very, very hesitant because she doesn't want to look like a circus. She doesn't want to look like she's being propped up as the 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 creature that can play guitar with her feet. She just wants right. to be the person who plays guitar well. And Connor goes through a lot of the same things where he, he refuses to really go anywhere in public because he just doesn't want to be seen as the barking kid. But yep. all of those things have nothing to do with any of these kids' ability to do any of these things. It's just their fear of being perceived, which is a deeply middle school aged uh, fear. Don't let me be perceived. (laughs) Please, God, keep me out of perception. I think about that a lot. Yeah. It, it, and it, I just think it's such a good story. It's This is one of those books where, as I was reading it, I was like, man, it would be awesome if I saw my daughter reading this eventually. I would know she's gaining a lot of empathy for just anybody. This has nothing to do yeah. with, like, go up to a kid in a wheelchair and, you know, really make <laughs> friends with him. It's like, I understand how even that can come off as, like, 
condescending if it's like, I'm going to be your friend because I'm the good person who befriends, you know, what it's like, that's such a silly, it's like, nah, the goal should be to meet people and meet people with different experiences from your own and just do right. just like that should be how we all carry ourselves in life is to show an interest in other people. And, and this book is good at showing like kids are really bad at showing an interest in each other. They're bad. at yeah. that. That's just the fact is they they just point at something and go, that's different. And then they walk away. And that's rough. Yeah. It's a horrible time to have to try to also find yourself. That's you know, all of it is so difficult. And again, this book doesn't offer perfect easy answers to that it just says like you're gonna i mean for some aspects you're gonna have to tough it up and and deal with kids being bad you know and and trust right. yourself to make it through that and i i really love that i i just got really really into the messages coming across in this book that that avon was you know so good at but especially as a as a friend to connor connor felt sort of condescended to because avon's always trying to quote unquote fix. help him yeah. fix him fix. Yeah. and it's and she's like no oh my god i'm not i just i just want to help my friend as a friend who helps a friend not as a person right. trying to cure your tourettes i just want you to feel confident about yourself so whatever it takes to make that work is all i'm after and boy i can relate to that <laughs> i tell <Yeah>. you what <laughs> yeah that, yeah there's definitely deeply relatable things right <laughs> self-consciousness is the huge theme yeah. in this book so yeah I don't know. Overall, I, you know, I enjoyed my stay with the book. There's obviously a lot more to it that we're not going to talk about. There's yeah. a whole mystery part of it's fun. So, you right. know, if you want to read this book for yourself, definitely pick it up and read it because yeah. the mystery part is really It's goofy. Uh, don't come for goofy. the mystery. It's certainly not the focus. It's not a mystery book, but it's yeah. got that in it. It's got something to sort of, if anything, it's for me, it's mostly at some points the book can feel like it's just meandering. There's a good middle yeah, section where you're just bit. sort of like, Are, is this about anything? I forgot if this right. book is about anything. And and it's like, oh, yeah, there's this kind of thing happening in the background, I guess. But it really does just feel like a day in the life kind of as you go through this girl's year. Um, what What is great at the end of the book, uh, there's a series of questions. This is one of those like, oh. hey, work with your work with your young reader and stuff. And it's a lot. There's a series of uh, 15 questions. Wow. And um, some of them are like your typical thing you would expect of, um, you know, uh, when Avon starts her s new school, uh, a girl asks if her disability is contagious. Why does she ask this? If you were Avon, how would this make you feel? These kind of questions where it's like, I don't know, maybe mm -hmm. if I was like 12, I would feel talked down to by some of these questions. But one of these really stuck out to me uh, okay. because I sort of thought of it a couple times. And this just goes to show my lack of like awareness and my lack of ability to sort of think poetically and artistically so ej i'd like to uh -huh. present you with one of these questions because um <laughs> okay. as a 33 year old i wasn't prepared to answer this question um number 13 tarantulas are important in the story why is their absence significant what does avon's search for them represent what what there so are there's you like kidding? there's like four chapters where it mentions that Avon is like keeping an eye out for tarantulas and then like right at the end she maybe huh. finds one and we don't even confirm it and this question broke my brain to be like <sighs> wait uh oh was I supposed to be paying very close attention is, am I that illiterate on, the, on these kinds of things why <laughs> why was that so abstract that's so interesting yeah no uh if I had to answer that question it would be you know about how things change over time, but like 
you know, how sometimes old things can return. I don't know, mm-hmm. like maybe something like that. I mean, that's kind of what the story is about, right? Yeah. It's, it's very much about like things changing, right? Uh, you know, at least the, the greater whole of the story, right? If we think about the insignificant events in the life of a cactus, right? right. Like the life of that cactus may have seen these tarantulas come and go. I don't know. Right. What a weird question. Yeah. What a, what Everyone, a kind of listeners, go read this book and give us your answers. And, and now yeah. you have it on the front end. At least you can be thinking about these tarantulas the whole time, whereas I went, yeah, whoa, 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 huh? Uh-oh. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the tarantulas, like you said, the tarantulas pop up. I don't know. There's probably, what, there's 39 chapters in this book. So yeah. it probably pops up in five chapters right. total. <laughs> it pops up like two or three times at the beginning, once in the middle, and like two or three times yeah. at the end. Yeah. It's, it's weird. That's it's, a weird question. It's I like real it. nuts. It's, I'm, 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 a, I'm a big <laughs> fan. Um, I did feel weird. I got to say, the only other thing that made me feel weird about this book is, you know, a, from that standpoint of like, ah, this is an older person writing as a as a t- like 12 year old or whatever. Right. I also didn't see anything in the biography. The writer doesn't have any, this kind of disability. I always wonder how we, you know, it's tough for authors. Right. And it's like, how do you get something like this to be super authentically written? Right. Like you, you, you know, you're always on the hunt for something like this. And so right. I wonder how this connects to, people that have this as a lived experience and if it feels, you know, on base or not as it's being written by a person who I don't think has, you know, any of these types of disabilities. Yeah, maybe not. And maybe we just don't know, but yeah. I think this is why we need to take things sometimes at face value yeah, and not really true. maybe uh, do too much digging into that. In Dusty Bowling's case, I think she does a great job of just telling an excellent story regardless right. of the characters right I agree. regardless of maybe what their ailments are or whatever right yeah. um i think she does a good job of telling a great story here and i think that all of the characters are not just accurate portrayals of folks with maybe these hindrances but mm-hmm. um you know i think they're very touching and very yeah. very much you know uh heroes right they're, right they're very much in the end people that you would want your kids to be modeled after in a lot of different ways. So it's like, um, yeah, I get where you're coming from where it's like, yeah, you know, it it might come off as ableist a little bit, but I I don't think so in this case. Uh, I think at face value, I think it's just a really solid story that stars characters that that have disabilities. Yeah, well, and because it's primarily a book about empathy and just focusing on that, and it never focuses on what each of these characters is or isn't able to do. It's just about how they relate to each other. It is only about how they find comparisons and contrasts between each other and and what that means to them as friends. Yeah. And I wanted to draw another parallel too to, you know, something like Zion is probably, you know, in terms of what (laughs) ails him is probably the most, you know, common, right? Right. Right. He's he's just concerned about his weight. Um, And, you know, I, I actually had my first run-in with my daughter uh, with with her weight today. It was kind of a weird conversation. And I always wondered how I'd handle it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she stepped on the scale. Like, she just found my scale in my bathroom. She stepped on it. And she goes, oh, I'm 40 pounds. And she, I was like, oh, cool. And she, I went to the other room, and she yeah. walked behind me. She goes, what does that mean? I said, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you know? Yikes. Yeah, yeah, that's scary. I mean. Yeah, it is. Because I'm like, because, you know, I'm, I don't want her to feel like there's some sort of, 
standard of right. body image any necessary any reaction for right how, yeah for sure I, she goes i'm 40 pounds and i said you're 40 pounds you are <laughs> you <know>? that's it <laughs> and so that's and that's the end of the discussion and i'm hoping you know that that's the type of thing that i want to instill in her is that you know i want to get that out of the way right yeah for i don't sure. want her to ever feel bad about how she looks yeah. ever because yeah. that is that is something that children, just like Zion in this book, should never have to grapple with. They right. shouldn't ever have to grapple with that self-image. I mean, unless they're positively grappling with it, right? in my opinion. That's, such, right? that's like the trickiest thing in the world, right? And that's something I think that this book tries to figure out for its characters is like, yeah. how do you attempt self-reflection and mm -hmm. positive growth for yourself without also disliking yourself and you know that that's like that's what she notes is like connor's biggest issue there's a whole thing with connor and his mom where connor sort of makes it sound like he doesn't think his mom likes him and even avon is yeah. like it has nothing to do with his mom connor doesn't like himself <laughs> and connor it's, connor kind of brings out everybody else it's yeah it's projection and and it's so difficult for anybody me in my 30s deal with this i deal with the same thing constantly of like how do i try to be how do i try to improve myself while also accepting I am who I am and right. letting that be my story, right? That's that's my favorite thing about the the books we're, we're getting into every once in a while, especially recently, is I just really appreciate books that are from a really specific perspective. I right. like stories that are just from this is the character and this character has a broadly different background than I do for any number of reasons. I get right. so much more roped into a story like that that's being sort of authentically told because it's the only thing I can do to like better <laughs> understand humanity is like we all just have a different yeah. thing going on and that right. makes our brains tick in a different way. So like I've got my history and I can't fault every little thing I do just because I have the history that I have or whatever. It's like it's it's such a tricky balance of, you know, for for this kid with Tourette's he that's what he's got and that's how he's got to carry yeah. his life and he's just got to do what he can to find his own happiness yeah. he can't sit there and and think about every person that might uh project their own insecurities onto that's him it. and that's, and that's the, whole, the thing. whole thing that's the whole thing of self-esteem in the end is when those kids and it makes it makes you really reflect on your own life right yeah it makes you reflect on the people you may have harmed with your words because you don't know what other people are going through. Right. You, you know, it, it makes you think of all the people that harmed you because you don't know what they're going through. You yeah. Know? They may yeah. have harmed you unintentionally. Which is why uh, you should just ask what they're going through and right. listen to them it's and like, figure out and read their books <laughs> and listen to their story and just be like, what are you yes. going through? Oh, that? That's tough. Yeah. Here's what when, I'm going through. It's tough too sometimes and, and, and tough in different ways. <laughs> yeah. When somebody insults you, just look at them and be like, who hurt you? No, just, no. <laughs> no say, say to them, ask them what's going on. Seriously. Yeah. Cause I think that's like a bit of knowledge that maybe if I had had when I was 12 or 13, if I just, you know, I feel like I was always empathetic, but you never can be empathetic enough. You right. Know? Right. Even the people you dislike in school are going through something. Yeah. Um, so just ask, just, just ask, ask them what they're just going ask through. How and if are they, doing. if they spurn you at that point, well, at least you tried. So yeah. at least, yeah, that's all you can hope for is the fact that you, you, you checked things out and you did what you could. And, and you right. know that you had the confidence to 
you know, move on with your life or whatever and 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 check sure. on other people when you could. Yeah, I love that. Just a beautiful, beautiful little book. Everyone should go check it out. Everyone should read it. I recommend reading it, not listening to it too, honestly. Yeah. No, no, no shade to no the shade. to the uh, reader. But right. when she reads as the two teenage boys, not my favorite, didn't make me take them very seriously. And I was yeah. bouncing back and forth with this one between listening and reading. Mm -hmm. And when I read, the kids came off a lot more sincere than when I was listening to it. So, yeah. Yeah, the boys do come off uh, pretty same-ish, pretty mopey. Um, and I think that their personalities didn't really shine through as much yeah. as they could listening to it. I solely listened to this yeah, one, yeah. so... Yeah, it was that was a pretty tough, but I you know, I still grew to love Zion and Connor, but right. yeah. Definitely uh, definitely read this one. Yeah. Next week too is another one that you gotta read because it's we're finally returning to my boy, my pride and joy. It's Timmy <laughs> Failure time again. Let's I'm go. so excited. It feels like it's been forever. And we we said the way back top. when we, we we gotta check back in on what the heck is going on with that weird little freak because I love him so much and I, too. I need to know. The last book ended on such a cliffhanger and I didn't yeah. we didn't know when we'd come back to it, but we've got to squeeze something on the shorter side in for next week, and I think mm. it's the perfect fit. So we're doing Timmy Failure, now look what you've done. Which man, all of the Timmy Failure titles are very good. So Please come and hang out with us next week when we do that. Uh, I would love to give you another uh, poem. Can I read you a poem again? Is this yeah, weird? Absolutely. Is this weird energy to go out on? I don't I like care. Poems. I like it, and I want to go out on this kind of energy. I'm not a poetry guy either, but I'm just like, I'm just trying this out, okay? All right? I'm trying some self-growth here. Here's a poem by Shel Silverstein. This one's brought to you by EJ. EJ found this one. This is The Voice uh -huh. by Shel Silverstein. There is a voice inside of you that whispers all day long. I feel that this is right for me. I know that this is wrong. No teacher, preacher, parent, friend, or wise man can decide what is right for you. Just listen to the voice that speaks inside. And that was by John Poems. <laughs> Jonathan Poems. 